We are on Yevamos Yir Amabez 10b2 in the article Gemara. We just mentioned the Machlokas, the dispute between Rishlakish and Rav Yochanan. What is the halachic status between if you have multiple brothers or multiple of the uh, tsaros, of the sisters-in-law? And only the halacha is, the law is that only one brother-in-law does chalitza or yibam to one of the sisters-in-law, but then you have other brothers or other sisters-in-law who are the co-wives, uh, who are part of this relationship. So then how do we define the relationship for the remaining, for the other brothers, for the other co-wives? What exactly is their status after the uh, one of the brothers does chalitza? Chalitza is the, is the process of the divorce process, or it's like the divorce process, it's a different process, which we'll get to later. Uh, but what exactly is their status? Do they still have that brother-in-law, sister-in-law type of relationship? And so we pointed out in the last recording that everyone is in agreement that the person that does the the, the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law that are involved in the chalitza process, at least with regards to each other, when, when their their relationship is no longer defined as a relationship of a severe prohibition of a, between a brother-in-law and a sister-in-law after chalitza is done. Everyone agrees that there is a separate prohibition. There is a new prohibition that once you do chalitza, so then you can't, you can't get married. Uh, that, but that is a, a different prohibition, and that also has a different punishment. It's an ordinary law, an ordinary negative commandment, without the punishment of kares. However, when it comes to the other brothers who are not involved, what is their relationship with regards to all the sisters-in-law, including the one that did chalitza, because they weren't involved in the process, so what's their relationship with the one that did chalitza, or... What's the relationship between all the co-wives to all the brothers-in-law, including the brother-in-law that did a chalitza, because they didn't, that brother-in-law didn't do chalitza with, with the, re, the remaining co-wives, the other co-wives. So what exactly is their relationship? So Reish Lakish says that that is a brother-in-law-sister-in-law type of relationship. That becomes, that remains a brother-in-law-sister-in-law relationship with a severe punishment of kares. And because there's a severe punishment of kares, if they were to get married... It wouldn't be viewed as a legal marriage. We don't view that as a legal marriage. They don't require a divorce document. However, Rabbi Yochanan is of the opinion that no, that there is, for all the brothers-in-law, for all the sisters, for all the sisters-in-law, it's no longer viewed as a brother-in-law, sister-in-law type of a relationship, and uh, and it's, it reverts to a regular love, a regular. Uh, an ordinary negative commandment, just like there's a negative commandment for the brother-in-law that did chalitza and the, and, that, and, and the sister-in-law, so too for all the brothers. If you had multiple brothers, so then they would all have a status of not being a brother-in-law-sister-in-law relationship, where it has a severe negative commandment of kares. Rather, uh, it's, it, 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 there's a separate prohibition of, of loyivna, of lo as we're going to get to today, that once you do chalitza, once any of the brothers do chalitza, according to Rabbi Yochanan, then all the brothers have a negative commandment to marry any of the sisters-in-law, any of the co-wives. It's a, but it's an ordinary negative commandment. So the Gemara now asks, what is the reason? What is the logic behind each opinion, behind Rish Lakish and behind Rabbi Yochanan? My time into Rish Lakish. What is the reason for Rish Lakish? And the Gemara explains as follows. Amar Kra, the verse says, the verse, when discussing... The mitzvah of Yibam, at the end it says that if you do chalitza, asher lo yivne is beis achiv. It says asher lo yivne, 
the one who performs chalitza who shall not build his brother's house in the future. He uses the language in the future. They didn't get married, and then he uses the language which is in the future that they will not get married. Why does it? Why does he use the language that they? It's they didn't get married. They did a chalitza. They went through this divorce type of a process. But it, why is he using it in the future tense to tell us? This is a negative commandment that if you did not build a house together originally, if you did not do the mitzvah of yibum, the brother-in-law, and the sister-in-law, so then they can never get married again. They can't get married, and that is a negative commandment. And the, the Rish Laki says, The only one who has this negative commandment is the one that did chalitza. But the brothers, but the other brothers who were not involved in the chalitza process, so then they revert back to their original prohibition, which was the fact that they're, they're brothers-in-law and sisters-in-law, that there's a regular prohibition of eshes ach. That they're brothers-in-law and sisters-in-law, which is a more severe prohibition. And the same thing is true with regards to the sisters-in-law. That the sister-in-law that did chalitza, so then for her, it's a it's a negative commandment of Asher Lo Yivna. The verse says that you should never build a house together again if you already did chalitza. But that's just with regards to the, the individual, that one sister-in-law who did chalitza. But when it comes to the other co-wives, when it comes to the other sisters-in-law, so then... We say that it reverts back to its original prohibition of a brother-in-law and sister-in-law prohibition. That is the opinion of Rish Lakish. And we'll try to explain this a little bit further in one minute. But the Gemara continues and says, Rabbi Yochanan, what does Rabbi Yochanan hold? What's the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan? Rabbi Yochanan says, no, for all of them, for all the brothers-in-law, for all the sisters-in-law, there's no longer this severe prohibition of kurva, of being related to each other, of brother-in-law, sister-in-law. Why is that? So Rabbi Yochanan explains, Let's moving on to 10b3 in the art scroll. Is it possible that uh, originally any of the brothers were, they could have done chalitza. Anybody could have done chalitza. And they could have done chalitza to any of the sisters-in-law, to any of the co-eyes. Is it possible that originally they could have done yibam? It's possible they could have done yibam, or they could have done chalitza. They could have they could have been involved in the process. Any of the brothers could have been involved in the process. And now all of a sudden we're going to bring back the iso kares, bring back the prohibition of kares of having this type of relationship. Originally it was allowed. We said they they could have gotten married. So how do we bring it back? How do we bring back the uh, the prohibition of kares to say that they're really a brother-in-law, sister-in-law type of relationship? Ella, rather, what do we say? We say that no, they don't have the Yisr Karis. They Once there's the potential for Yibam, they no longer have that brother-in-law, sister-in-law type of relationship. Rather, Rather, the one brother who does Chalitza for all the brothers, once he does Chalitza, so the Gemara calls it a form of a Shlichos. So he's like a messenger for the brothers. It doesn't really mean that he's a messenger for the brothers because it's not... The brothers don't really have an obligation. Just The obligation is just on the outcome. That the outcome has to be that somebody does Yibam or Chalitza. One brother does Chalitza, ends up doing Chalitza. And it's as if he represents all the brothers for fulfilling this outcome. And therefore all the brothers then have this negative, this ordinary negative commandment, a different negative commandment, not one of Korva, of being related to each other, of, of a severe negative commandment between a brother-in-law and sister-in-law, but rather it's Asher Elo Yivna. It's a regular negative commandment that says that once you do chalitza, so then you cannot get married again. 
And this would apply to all the brothers, because that one brother who did it, it represents all the brothers. And the same thing is true with regards to the sisters-in-law, that the sister-in-law who was involved in the Chalitza process represents all the co-wives, all the sisters-in-law, and then they all have this negative commandment to marry any of the brothers after Chalitza is done. And that is the dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. I just want to add one more point this is uh, in parentheses here. Um, this is not. This is what some of the commentators say on the Gemara, which is that, and I'm simplifying things because it's it's uh, definitely there's a lot more to say about this. Uh, but this dispute between Rishlokish and Rabbi Yochanan is, could really be boiled down to a very fundamental dispute, which is a fundamental dispute which we've actually discussed in the past briefly. Which is once there's the potential for Yibam, once the brother passes away without any children. And now we turned a relationship, which was a relationship between a brother-in-law and sister-in-law, which was originally a prohibition. While the brother was alive, it's a prohibition. If the brother passes away with, with children, it remains a prohibition. But all of a sudden he passes away without children. It becomes not just allowed, but a mitzvah for the brother-in-law to marry the sister-in-law. Just how does that work? Technically, how does that work? It was a prohibition a minute ago. He passes away and now becomes it turns into a mitzvah. So how does that work? So we mentioned in the past that there are there are two general approaches. You could, there are probably more nuanced approaches as well, uh, but two general approaches. Either we say the concept called hutra, that once he passes away, so then it's uh, it becomes completely the. It's as if the prohibition doesn't even exist. The prohibition doesn't exist at all, even without doing yibum, without doing the mitzvah of yibum. The prohibition doesn't exist to any of the brothers, to any of the sisters-in-law, and that's the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan takes the approach to say that the, the prohibition does not exist. The prohibition does not exist, so then even after one does chalitza, the prohibition continues to no longer exist. And once it doesn't exist, the only prohibition that exists is this ordinary negative commandment. Nothing to do with, uh, at, at first glance, nothing to do with uh, the relationship between brother-in-law and sister-in-law relationship, but it's a negative commandment to say that once you did a chalitza, you can never uh, get married again, but it's an, an, a regular, ordinary negative commandment. However, another way of understanding this is to say that, no, the negative commandment after the brother passes away without children is that the negative commandment, the severe negative commandment of a brother-in-law, sister-in-law relationship continues to exist for all the brothers and for all the sisters-in-law. So then how could you do the mitzvah of Yibam? How could you, how could one brother-in-law marry a sister-in-law? It's a prohibition. The answer is, is that it's true to prohibition, but this is an exception to the rule. The Torah told us which we've been discussing for a long, for a while, for the last couple of pages, that the Torah told us that the positive commandment overrides, even though we don't have a proof in general, but in this case, it overrides such a severe negative commandment. Because you have the positive mitzvah, the mitzvah of Yibam tells us to override such a severe negative commandment. But the negative commandment continues to exist. It's not like it doesn't exist. It does exist. It's just that the positive mitzvah overrides the negative commandment. If that's the case, that's the opinion of Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish is of the opinion that the negative commandment between a brother-in-law and sister-in-law continues to exist. So if one does chalitza, so fine, so that relationship might be viewed as different. It's not They no longer have that brother-in-law sister-in-law relationship. They have an ordinary negative commandment instead. But with regards to all the other brothers and all the other sisters-in-law who were not involved in this process at all, so for them, the prohibition continues to exist. It never went away. According to Rish Lakish, the negative co- uh, prohibition never went away. According to Rabbi Yochanan, it did go away right away, even before he did the mitzvah of Yibam, and so therefore their relationship is no longer defined as a brother-in-law, sister-in-law relationship. So that's just 
a simple understanding of the dispute between Rishlakish and Rav Yochanan. It boils down potentially, in the end of the day, to an understanding as to whether or not that brother-in-law sister-in-law relationship was removed already once the brother, once the deceased brother passed away. So there's no longer this uh, prohibition of, of between brother-in-law and sister-in-law that goes away right away. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. And you could say for Rishlakish, no, the prohibition continues to exist. It's just that the mitzvah of Yivim overrides it. If you're not involved in the process at all, so then the prohibition just continues to exist. And that's why uh, for the other brothers, it becomes a very, it remains a very serious prohibition to, to, the, to, the, uh, to the sisters-in-law. Okay, let's read a few more lines here. Uh, the Gemara is now going to have a brisa. The Gemara is going to quote a brisa. Rabbi Yochanan is going to ask on Rish Lakish from the following brisa, which is a brisa which discusses a similar case to a case that we discussed uh, in yesterday's recording. Again, just to review, it's going to be important for this brisa. According to Rabbi Yochanan, if any of the other brothers uh, attempted to marry any of these sisters-in-law, so then that would be an ordinary negative commandment. An ordinary negative commandment, we pointed out, if they were to attempt to get married, it would be it would be valid, and it would require a divorce document. It would be legally it would be a legal marriage. It's a, it's a prohibition, but it would be legally viewed as as them being married. However, according to Rish Lakish, who says that no, that uh, for any of the brothers to marry any of the, any of the, the sisters in law after one does chalitza, we still have the prohibition of kares. It's still a prohibition of kares. It's still viewed as a brother in law sister in law relationship. So then. If the prohibition is kari, so then we say there's no tzvises kedushin that the we don't say that it's viewed as even if they were to attempt to get married, it wouldn't be viewed as legal marriage, and they would not even require a divorce document. So that's the background. Rabbi Yochanan asks a question of Rish Lakish. He says, "I want to bring a proof to my side from the following brisa." It's the case that we had above. It's a case where one of the bro- one brother-in-law does chalitza to one of the sisters-in-law. After he does chalitza, he violates the Torah. Everyone agrees that if he violates the Torah here and he, and he marries the sister-in-law, that same sister-in-law that he did chalitza with, so then everyone agrees, both Rebbe Yochanan and Rish Lakish, they both agree that if it's just the two of them and they get married, so then that's not a severe negative commandment, that's a, a new type of negative commandment, the ordinary negative commandment without the punishment of kares, and that's viewed as a legal marriage. So they're legally married now, and then he dies. So the law is shricha chalitza menachem. We require chalitza from the brothers. Why do we require chalitza from the brothers? Because it's viewed as a legal marriage. And with regards to the other brothers, it must be that with regards to the other brothers, it's viewed as it's not viewed as a severe kares. It's not viewed for the other brothers for them to go ahead. He passed away without any children. The second time around, first he again the cases where she was married to one brother. And he passed away without children, and then one of the one of the live brothers did a chalitza with her, and then he married her. He then went ahead and married her, went against her and married her, and then he passes away also without any children. So the the law is according to the brisa that we do chalitza, and the reason why we do chalitza, why don't we say that she's prohibited to marry any of the brothers because she's both a sister in law from this courtesy, but she's also remains to be a sister in law from the original uh, from the original first marriage. Uh, we don't say that. Why don't we say that? Because we say that it, it's no longer viewed as a brother-in-law sister-in-law relationship. It doesn't have that severe punishment of karis, which is the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. So this seems to be a proof to Rabbi Yochanan. 
So Rabbi Yochanan says, "Bishlam l'didid amina chayvei lavinin who." According to me, I say that this is just a regular, ordinary, negative commandment. That's why we need a chalitza from the brothers. But according to you, who says that the other brothers have, it is viewed as a brother-in-law sister-in-law relationship from the first marriage, from the first brother. So then, why do you need a chalitza? It should be kares. You should require kares, and just, it should be included in the list of the Mishnah. The list of the Mishnah has fifteen cases of kares where there's a prohibition of kares. It's equivalent to the brother marrying uh, his niece, my, the the live brother's daughter, in which we say that there's no there's no mitzvah of yibum. So according to you, why why do we require chalitza if it's really a, a relationship of a brother-in-law sister-in-law from the original from the original first marriage? So what do you do? So Rishlakish responds back and he says, "Well, the next line of the brisa is a problem for you. Might, the first line is a problem for me, but the next line is a problem for you. What does the next line say? The next line says, Let's say you have the following case. The next line discusses the following case where you have uh, brothers-in-law and you have, let's say, one, one sister-in-law. So one brother-in-law uh, does chalitza and then a different brother ends up marrying her. So if a different brother marries her, the law in the Brisa says that they're not legally married. So Rishlaki says, that only makes sense according to me that they're not legally married because I hold that they retain that brother-in-law, sister-in-law relationship, so there's no legal marriage. But according to you, it should be viewed as a legal marriage. Excuse me, if it's a negative, if it's a, if they don't have that severe chares, if it's just an ordinary negative commandment, so my in-law love Klum, why is it not viewed as a legal marriage? In the end, the next line says that if any of the other brothers marries this uh, the sister-in-law, so then it is not viewed as a legal marriage. According to you, Rabbi Yochanan, it should be viewed as a legal marriage. So the Gemara answers, and we're going to see that this is one answer which is rejected, and then in next week's recording we'll get to other answers. Rishlakis answers, and now this is a new point that we haven't mentioned yet. That the the second really it's like Rabbi Yochanan the first line fits with Rabbi Yochanan. Oh, you had a question on the second line. How does the second line fit with Rabbi Yochanan? It says if any of the other bra- brothers marries the sister-in-law, uh, so then it's it's not uh, it's not viewed as a legal marriage. It's going according to Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva is of the opinion he's a minority opinion. He's of the opinion that even with regards to an ordinary marriage, it's also not viewed as a legal marriage. It's not just true with regards to a marriage of kares. But even if, even if, it's, if you violate an ordinary negative commandment, you also it's not legally viewed as a marriage. That is the opinion of Rabbi Kiva, that it's not viewed as a legal marriage. And so therefore, the, the, the second statement is going according to Rabbi Kiva. And the, but the first part of the price is not going according to Rabbi Kiva. So the Gemara ends up rejecting this. And it says, So why didn't the price say? This second part is going according to Rabbi Kiva. It has to be limiting. The second part has to be going according to Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva is a minority opinion. It should tell us it's going according to Rabbi Kiva. So the Gemara says, Kasha. It's really, it's a good question. It's difficult. And so the Gemara up to now leaves it as a question. We're going to get back to it in next week's recording. How do we answer this question? Uh, but at the end of the day, we have this dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish. And we're continuing to analyze this dispute about the relationship. How do we define the relationship between the other brothers and sisters-in-law? Okay, we'll continue with the recordings for, uh, we'll continue next time with, uh, next week's recording.